1: What's going on, everybody, and welcome into another edition of B-Shape Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer, along with you here on Monday, June 28th, as the Cardinals, well, they open up a series against the Arizona D-backs, and as of maybe a week ago, we would have said that meant the Cardinals should have another opportunity to feast on some inferior competition. But as we've seen over the last week, sometimes... It doesn't matter who you're playing. If you're not playing well, you're not going to be able to pile up W's. And the Cardinals, over the weekend, losing 3 of 4 to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Shouldn't happen, but it did. And prior to that, they lost 2 in a row to Detroit. So that's 2 last place teams as of the time the Cardinals faced each. And in a total of 6 games, Cardinals won 1 game against Detroit. In Pittsburgh a grand total of one game and so because of that you saw the Cardinals fall to eight games behind in the National League Central Division you saw some desperation come from the team with the decision to have Wade LeBlanc start on Monday night at Bush Stadium LeBlanc since signing with the Cardinals had been pretty solid had thrown strikes But overall, he was a guy that came in with a a 9.5 ERA. And so, the fact that as a swing man, he's suddenly elevated into the starting rotation conversation. It's a sign of just exactly where the Cardinals are at right now. However, D-backs are pretty bad. They're worse than the Pirates and they're worse than than the Tigers. They're the worst team in baseball this season. And the Cardinals take advantage of that though for a while it seemed as though they might not. But they do get it done on Monday with a 7-1 to victory over Arizona at Bush. With all the trouble the Cardinals have had in their starting rotation, and I looked this up earlier today, it still rings true because LeBlanc does not go five innings in this start. Not too big of a surprise, given that he hasn't really been totally built up as a starter. Has some starts here and there this season, had a few with the Orioles, had a few at the minor league levels before the Cardinals signed him off the street. But one reason the Cardinals gave him this opportunity on Monday, the fact that he is a strike thrower and the Cardinals have had just a heck of a time this season with walks and hit by pitches, and they thought if anybody can play to what the defense is going to be able to do for you, if you just allow the other team to put balls in play you keep the ball in the strike zone maybe Wade LeBlanc could be the answer to a little bit of a reworked rotation for the Cardinals it's not ideal to have a guy that even coming into the game you don't expect him to go very deep and you know the bullpen is going to be heavily relied upon but it kind of goes back to what we've talked about throughout this stretch for the Cardinals the fact that if your starters are only going three or four innings anyway because of poor performance, who cares what the stamina of the situation is? Get somebody in there that can keep you in the ball game. And so I was getting ready to say, I looked this up earlier today, I don't believe the Cardinals have had a win from a non-Wainwright member of their starting rotation who is still currently part of the rotation, so no Gant, no Flaherty, since back on May 8th when Carlos Martinez Notched a W. Kwon Young Kim hasn't done it. We know Carlos hasn't done it since that point in time. And Oviedo is still seeking his first Major League win of his career. And so that leaves you in pretty dire straits. Cardinals have moved John Gant back to the bullpen. He comes in in relief along with five other Cardinals relievers tonight. Behind Wade LeBlanc. In order to pitch a pretty good game. Cardinals again winning it 7-1. This was a game that was tied one-to-one, entering the bottom of the seventh inning when the Cardinals' offense finally erupts for six runs in that frame to down the Diamondbacks. And it was like a hit parade. It was exactly what you want to see from an offensive standpoint. Cardinals one after another, taking good at-bats. Edmundo Sosa led things off with a double. They get Carlson to come through later in the inning. Goldsmith, Arenado, O'Neill. Just a really quality inning, and it culminates with a Paul DeYoung home run, his 10th of the season. Going well for the Cardinals offensively when you can get an inning like that. They end up with 10 hits in the game, and so it's not a customary way to do it, to have Wade LeBlanc, your starter, go just four and a third innings, but he pretty much did his job. Gave up four hits, just one run on a home run, and allowed only one walk, so you'll You'll take that as an improvement as far as the walks are concerned. Tonight, the Cardinals got relief appearances from Helsley, Gantt, Cabrera, Gallegos, Miller, and Waddell. Brandon Waddell, the new pitcher, the Cardinals called him up on Monday along with selecting the contract of Roel Ramirez. Some of the corresponding moves there. Seth Elledge optioned out. Jake Woodford optioned out to Memphis as well. Mosellox says that he will be preparing as a starter. Cardinals want to get him some length because, understandably, you don't have a lot of depth that you feel confident in with regard to the rotation right now. Woodford's role on this team made absolutely no sense over the last few weeks, and so they're going to get him to Memphis where he can potentially stretch out a little bit and be of service to the Cardinals down the road if the, the situation calls for it, which it probably will, knowing the way things have gone this season for the Cardinals. Another element of this is that John Nagalski designated for assignment. Talk about another guy who has just absolutely not been used in a way that makes any sense by the Cardinals this season. I remember back in spring training, he was being touted as somebody who would get some opportunity in the outfield. I don't believe he ever set foot in the outfield grass during a game in St. Louis, and he hardly played at all. Granted, didn't do much in the opportunities he was given, but you could make an argument that he never really got a chance to necessarily find his footing because he really wasn't being given much of a, a chance to play. So we'll see what ends up happening there with regard to John Nagowski, who will now go through the waivers process and the Cardinals may or may not be able to retain him. We'll wait and see the way that shakes out. Obviously important for the Cardinals to get this win tonight. We talked about it coming in that you look at the D-backs, a team that at one point had lost like 25 straight games on the road this year. They've been absolutely dreadful. They've got their manager, Tori Lavella tonight, Allowing a relief pitcher to bat with the bases loaded in a one-to-one game it just doesn't make any sense what the decision was there. I saw Zach Buchanan, who covers the D-backs for the Athletic, reported after the fact that Lovello basically said with the, the number of arms they had available in their bullpen, they couldn't afford to take the relief pitcher Young out of the game at that point. They needed another inning from him in order to be able to traverse the full nine innings. Well, as it were, the Diamondbacks did not get the opportunity to pitch in the ninth inning because they were losing 7-1 to one by then because they allowed a relief pitcher to bat, or I should say stand at the plate with his with a bat in his hand during the most critical juncture offensively for that team in the entire game. So the D-backs are terrible. They're being managed not the best, at least in, in the case of tonight. I haven't been able to speak to a lot of what I've uh, what has happened this season because they haven't been watching that team very much. But certainly tonight there were some head scratching moves going on on the Arizona side of things this evening. Cardinals get away with the win. They should do nothing less than sweep this series. There's no doubt about that. Get at least a little bit closer to five hundred. Like even a sweep at this point would put the Cardinals right at the halfway mark of the season and they'd be forty and forty one would be their record, assuming wins the next two days, which I'm going to go ahead and say the Cardinals have to win the next two days. Like, the, the D-backs are terrible. They're one of the worst teams we've seen in a long, long time. And we've seen a lot of the Pirates over the years. So, Cardinals got to win these next two games. There's no question about it. I believe Carlos pitches on Tuesday. I don't even know who pitches on Wednesday. It, it really doesn't matter. Offensively, the Cardinals need to be able to do a little better than they did for the majority of this game, like they they broke out in in the one inning, scoring six runs in the seventh, which is great. You love to see that, and and seriously, that inning did feel like the 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 way we talk about momentum and how impactful that can be, not not just in in, in the game of baseball, but like specific to hitting, it can be contagious. And the Cardinals found that in that seventh inning. Mike Schultz said over the weekend when they dropped three of four to the Pirates that. He had seen over the course of that series, the Cardinals' approach offensively improved. You remember the Tommy Edmond comments on Thursday talking about the fact that the Cardinals maybe hadn't been preparing the way that they ought to have been and didn't feel like they were at at the the peak of their ability to be prepared for what an opposing starter would try to do to them in a given game. Some comments that we talked about and, and just... You know, definitely got a lot of play over the weekend, a lot of reason for conversation about Jeff Albert with the Cardinals make something happen there with regard to a potential coaching change. Which John Mozeliak, first game of the series this afternoon on Monday, did field some questions, and what we're going to play a clip with regard to kind of the the situation surrounding that, because there was also some talk over the weekend about Paul DeYoung when he mentioned that he had recently had a conversation with Ryan Ludwig, former Cardinal, who DeYoung has, has known for some time. And from that conversation, DeYoung felt as though he was able to kind of unlock some of his potential offensively, get a little bit of a reset at the plate, and found that to have been valuable. And so naturally the question from Cardinals Nation is, why is it not that there's somebody on the staff who can maybe do that? Why does he have to go outside to Ryan Ludwig to be able to to find that. And that was a source of frustration, I think, for John Mozeliak, that that was, was being discussed. And then you had the Tommy Edmond comments on top of that. And so a couple of quotes that we're going to play from the president of baseball operations of the Cardinals here on today's episode of b Shave Daily. It's after a 7-1 win, right? And so you feel like maybe we should be a little bit more upbeat than I think the tone of the show is is destined to take. But Then again, the Cardinals, uh, again, are still mired in this stretch where they've struggled mightily throughout the month of June. One win certainly does not solve that. If three against the Marlins didn't solve it, one against the D-backs is not going to do so. Got to sweep the Diamondbacks at this point. But I do think some of the major storylines of the day, in addition to the fact that the Cardinals promoted some of their top prospects at the minor league levels, Nolan Gorman up to Memphis, get an opportunity to see what he can do at the highest level that isn't Major League Baseball after doing a fine job at Springfield. Malcolm Nunez backfills into Springfield from High a Peoria. And very interestingly, Jordan Walker, the Cardinals' top draft choice from a year ago. Six home runs and 122 plate appearances, slugging nearly 700 at low A Palm Beach. Jordan Walker, at the age of 19, has definitely turned some heads within the Cardinals organization. He'll have an opportunity to rise even further now. He'll go to high A in Peoria and see what he can do there. So those are definitely some storylines from the day the Cardinals promoting through the minor league system, some definite noteworthy infielders, high A, double A, triple A. But other than that, I think even though the Cardinals win, and that's definitely a storyline, some of the big storylines did come from John Moselock's pregame discussion because while the Cardinals have had this difficult stretch, a lot of people have pointed to the hitting coach, have pointed to the front office to need to make some moves, and why haven't they done so already? So a couple of different things we're going to talk about or, or allow John Moselak to explain during the rest of this b Shafe Daily episode. I want to get into it first with the offense because he was asked about the situation, and this is definitely relevant to the eyes that have, that have been on Jeff Albert as of the Cardinals' struggles recently. Why is it that Paul DeYoung... Going outside the organization, trying to reach out to Ryan Ludwig and having those conversations. Why is it that the Cardinals coaching staff isn't able to get that figured out? Natural question. And kind of coinciding with the Tommy Edmond comments about preparation, which happened after Thursday night's game. John Mozeliak touching on the situation surrounding his offense right now and some of the eyes that are looking on the coaching staff to perhaps be a reason that things aren't going as well as they might like. Here's John Mozeliak from Monday afternoon?
0: Obviously, we've had some offensive struggles. Um, And, you know, for some reason, Jeff Albert has been, has had a target on his back. And I I can imagine that's for multiple reasons, one being performance. Some of this is being what's being written about, spoken about. Um, But, you know, we understand that, that things aren't getting done, whether that's from an offensive standpoint whether that's from you know how can we improve our pitchers for for walking less people throwing more strikes and so we're we're looking at that all the time on trying to internally address that but you have to understand that that these coaching staffs are large there's multiple voices and you're hoping those multiple voices can reach different players in other words i may be your coach and you might find me very noisy. I may be Derek Gould's coach and he may find me insightful and helpful. And so ultimately, we're trying to make sure that the right voices are reaching the right players or the right players are getting spoken to in the right way. And so how you think about preparation, how you think about your game strategy, a lot of that still is on you to decide what helps you best perform and so we're just trying to make sure that mix now you know obviously when statements like that come out from a player it's disappointing because you want to be able to think of of your 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 staff your organization as something that can provide resources for players for all players and rather than where you start to hear things where people are outsourcing or using external sources for help and so you know Ultimately, we're trying to get this right, but I think when, when things are going bad, these things tend to um, um, have a lot more more volume to it than when things are going well.
1: And so there was John Moe Cardinals president of the baseball operations, Monday afternoon. Jeff Jones asked the question, and he, he asked, kind of lumped in both the statements made by Tommy Edmund and Paul DeYoung over the weekend. But it seemed like if you listen there to Moe's answer... He focuses a little bit more on the Paul DeYoung commentary, which I think is indicative of the fact that the Edmond stuff maybe doesn't bother him as much as hearing Paul DeYoung, kind of unintentionally, but still the the effect is there. That basically, with scrutiny already on the coaching staff, you kind of put him on blast a little bit by saying, going coming out and saying, "Yeah, I here I talked to Ryan Ludwig, and that's really what helped me." It's it's more of an optics thing, and these are the things that. Definitely, you can recognize social media jumps all over when they see something like that, but the optics of it certainly, I, I think Mo, you could tell, was a little bit more focused on that, thinking, eh, do we really have to do that? Do we really have to draw some undue attention to this situation and make something out to be bigger than it is? You heard him at the end there say it's the kind of thing that that gets, more, it gets noticed more when the team is losing than, than when it's winning. You look at across the game, and, and this isn't just baseball. You can look across multiple sports, whether it's NBA, whatever the case might be. Guys have have their own kind of staff or people they go to, whether it's a you know in the NBA it's a shooting coach or in baseball different swing coaches outside of the purview of the organization. That's something that happens pretty frequently in today's game, and so for. De young to be having those conversations with 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 a guy like Ludwig, or whomever it might be, not uncommon at all. But it's just it goes back to the optics of the situation where you look at the Cardinals are struggling right now, and for that to come out, it it puts more of a at least in the public sphere. Whether I don't know that Moselock views it this way, but it, in the in the public sphere, it puts more pressure seemingly on a coaching staff with Jeff Albert and company that right now has not been able to produce the results for the offense on the field with enough consistency. And so I think that's where you hear maybe a little bit of the frustration from John Mozeliak with regard to that, but he does talk about a large coaching staff. We, we would like to be able to have, we'd like to think that we have the, the number of different voices that can impact a, a variety of players and all the players. Ultimately, not everybody is going to be everybody else's favorite coach, some guys are going to get through to other guys w- with their stylistic differences and the way they approach things. Some guys are going to want more of an analytical approach. Other guys maybe sometimes just need to, you know, f- feel supported. And so different strokes for different folks, I think, is what John Moselak's trying to get to in the quote you just heard from him. But certainly, at the end of the day, it does boil down to results. And, yeah, the Cardinals got some better results on Monday. They'd like to be able to see those Results continuing as it moves forward. Look, for all the, the scrutiny that I think is completely fair to place on the hitting staff, and, and Jeff Albert in particular as as the guy that heads that up, for whatever reason that the results haven't been able to come, it does have to eventually fall on something. And so while I, I don't get the sense from hearing Moselak speak today that he's imminently going to be considering a move with Jeff Albert, It does sound like he recognizes clearly that Cardinals offensively have not been good enough as of late, and it's not going to be able to be sustained that way forever if this team is going to to make the kind of run that they, I think, still hope to be able to make. Katie Wu asked Mo later on whether this Cardinals team, he still had faith that it was going to be able to contend for this division, and... Moselak ultimately said, yes, we believe in the lineup and we're going to try to supplement this roster in any way that we can, noted that it could potentially be challenging to do so. Just the way he said it it did not strike me with the same amount of confidence that you would typically expect to hear with that answer. And so I think the Cardinals recognize that they're in some dire straits right now and and what's difficult, and we'll get into it with this next quote from Moselak, kind of talking more about the pitching situation. And I, I may have touched on this Thursday on the lengthy podcast that we had after that loss to the Pirates. The Cardinals about a month ago had an opportunity to potentially explore some free agent options. I believe Homer Bailey has signed since then. There may have been some others and some other guys. I believe Porcello is another guy who's been out there, has experience as a starting pitcher. Just a few names that never did sign with teams and in, in theory could have potentially been signed about a month ago when you lost Jack Flaherty. And at the time, the, the Cardinals' point of view was that that wasn't worthwhile, was not really something they were exploring very sincerely because they didn't necessarily think that the time it would take to build up a guy like that would be beneficial to the team while they were going through this stretch, potentially a little bit starving for starters. Well, they knew they'd be hungry for starters. I don't know if they quite understood they'd be starving quite to the extent that we've seen over this past month. And John Mozalek was asked about that as well. And you'll be able to hear his answer right here from the Cardinals, president of baseball operations.
0: Uh, didn't really see a whole lot out there that we felt was, was going to make a difference, but, you know, clearly the way the next or the last four weeks have sort of unfolded, um, you know, I, 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 don't think you can go back and change time, but expectations were a little higher in, in what we would see. And unfortunately, um, Rather than taking a step forward, as I mentioned to you earlier, we really have taken a step backwards from the rotation. And, you know, unfortunately, we are where we are right now. And, and so trying to help this club is going to be very challenging. But, um, you know, we're working very hard to see if we can make incremental moves in the short term and if there's anything else that makes sense for us down the road. But, um, you know, I think the free agent market is not really where we're going to find uh help at the at this time
1: and before i get into that quote i'm going to play this one last little clip because Derek gould followed up with a question to mosaic kind of pressing the idea of the fact that well sure you you know now that you can't go back in time and potentially look for one of those free agent relievers that could have been building up over the past month and could potentially be joining your rotation right now but you know i i don't think anybody's questioning the fact that right now Free agency is, is just maybe not going to be the answer because in theory you are a little bit closer to having Jack Fleury return, potentially having Miles Michaelis return. But certainly it could have been something the Cardinals were exploring earlier on. And so to that follow-up question, here's what Mo had to say. I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough question to answer because I didn't think we'd be here four weeks ago. So that kind of just tears it, in my opinion, when you say, well, we didn't think we'd be here four weeks ago. But, you know, I, I, that's why I think you can chalk this up as a miss for the front office. Not to say that anybody they would have gone out to sign would have been the answer and would have been able to solve the Cardinals situation, but I think it's a matter of anticipating and being able to recognize that this was a potential scenario. I don't think anybody imagined it, it going as poorly as it has for the Cardinals pitching staff, but there was an opportunity to basically add some insurance or some potential potential upside or or safety blanket if you will safety net for the cardinals rotation and the cardinals really didn't seem to explore it with regard to the free agent market and it would have cost them nothing right like just money and in a world where as far as the trade market is concerned the cardinals seem pretty against the idea of giving up significant talent for a stopgap answer in the rotation which i get i i wouldn't want to see them do that either and so you know, some of the names that have been floated around in the pitching market, sure, they could potentially shore up your your rotation by adding a, a number three, number four, number five type starter for the stretch run. The names that it may perhaps cost to get those guys as of right now, not palatable for the Cardinals. And I, and I would have to imagine not palatable for Cardinals fans if they really knew which names were being tossed around potentially in those kinds of trade discussions. I don't know that to be certain, but I have a pretty good idea that that's the case. And so knowing that, it makes it even maybe a little more frustrating that the Cardinals didn't at least take a flyer on a couple of different guys that perhaps if they had done so right now they would be in a little bit of a different situation with their pitching. But you know sometimes the you know the moves they do make don't work out too, and so it's hard to say. But I do think that was an interesting perspective from from John Mozeliak about the fact that. Cardinals never really were interested in free agent pitching, and because and the reason for that was they were worried about the time it would take to build those guys up. You figure it takes three or four weeks to build a guy up, and maybe even by then, if you're rushing him into the big league setting, it might not be ready to pitch five, six innings. Well, I mean, you look at all the circumstances surrounding the Cardinals' rotation right now, and they've had to kind of throw that care out the window. Like, they don't have the luxury of saying, well, we can't have a guy in the rotation if he's not going to throw five, six innings. Because they don't have very many guys that can actually do that. And so, kind of a difficult situation for the Cardinals. Now you're reliant upon maybe Wade LeBlanc to continue being part of this rotation. Like, if he's giving you four to five every fifth day and giving up one or two runs, I guess that's fine. I mean, you'll take that compared to what has been happening. You do get a little bit concerned about the fact that the Cardinals use seven total pitchers tonight in their 7-1 to one win on Monday. Like, it, you win by six and you have to use that many pitchers. Grant, granted, by the end, they were using Waddell and, you know, different guys. But Andrew Miller got in the game. You got two of your your three relief aces, as I've called them, throughout the season. Had to pitch them in the game And Henesis Cabrera and Giovanni Gallegos. Alex Reyes didn't pitch tonight. And Mike Schultz said after the game, maybe he'll be available for multiple innings tomorrow. Like, it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck approach when you, when you know going into a game that your starter's not going to be able to go all that very deep. Now you've got Carlos Martinez going in the next game. He could go six, seven innings, but he could also have control problems, walk guys early, and by the third, you could be looking over your shoulder thinking, man, who's out there in the bullpen tonight? Because we're playing the Diamondbacks, and we've got to find a way to win this game. So going to be interesting to see how things progress for the Cardinals as the rest of this week unfolds. Appreciate you guys for joining me for this episode of Be Shafe Daily. As always, make sure to subscribe if you've not done so already, you can go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or hey, even Google Podcasts would suffice if that works for you, and make sure to subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode of Be Shave Daily. Cardinals win 7-1, get off the losing schneid, they've actually won 2 out of 3 now because the win against the Pirates came on Saturday, the one win that they got in that series, and so Potentially, you could see things turn around a little bit as the Cardinals continue to play some lowly teams. They'll head on over to Denver following this series against the Diamondbacks, and that'll be a four-gamer over the long weekend, holiday weekend in Denver. But the Rockies play much better at home, so it's it's no guarantee that the Cardinals are going to be able to fare super well in that series either. But you'll have the reunion of Nolan Arenado heading back to Colorado for the first time as a Cardinal should be interesting to track that as well. We'll be tracking uh, the rest of this Diamondback series. Not sure how many podcasts we'll be doing over the weekend. I have my birthday on Thursday, which isn't to say that I wouldn't be happy to work on my birthday, but traveling to the family farm there in northern Missouri to uh, celebrate over the weekend. and Not a whole lot of internet connection up there, so I'll bring my equipment. We'll see if I, I'll be able to pump a podcast out or two while I'm up there. But certainly you can expect... Tuesday, Wednesday, covering the Diamondbacks series to the fullest extent, right here on B Shave Daily. Appreciate you guys once again. We're gonna wrap things up here for this edition, and we'll talk to you next time on B Shave Daily. Peace.